Church, we're carrying on with the series in Matthew. We're looking at the, the Gospel of Matthew and uh, this morning we continue with that. We're going to dive into a story in, in Matthew chapter 9 where Jesus heals a paralyzed man. And, and you'll see the title there behind me. It says, Paralyzed and Unforgiven. Because I sort of think uh, when, when you read this story and you, you read it in context and you think about this, this man's life, it doesn't tell us an awful lot about him other than this, this, uh, this account that's told in, in three of the Gospels. But we, we don't know much about him other than, other than what we have here. But we know that he is both paralyzed physically and that his sins have not been forgiven before he encounters Jesus. So he's in a pretty dire state. His, 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 his general being um, is, it's not very good to put it lightly. And so in this passage, we see Jesus displaying his power, his authority. He, he heals the man of his paralysis, but there's more to the story than just a physical healing. Jesus offers this man spiritual healing as well, and we'll get, we'll get into that later on. But yeah, this, this account here, Matthew 9, it's packed with lessons for us, that things that we can learn. We're taught about faith, forgiveness, the power of Jesus to transform lives. There's so much in this and I really hope and pray that today that, that you get something from it, that you carry something of this um, with you. So we're beginning at verse 1 there in Matthew chapter 9. It says, Jesus stepped into a boat, um, crossed over and came to his own town. Some men brought to him a paralyzed man lying on a mat. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the man, Take heart, son, your sins are forgiven. At this, some of the teachers of the law said to themselves, this fellow is blaspheming. Knowing their thoughts, Jesus said, why do you entertain evil thoughts in your hearts? Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up and walk. But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. I've done so well to read that, by the way, because that's further away from me than it is from you, so... So he said to the paralyzed man, get up, take your mat and go home. Then the man got up and went home. When the crowd saw this, they were filled with awe and they praised God who had given such authority to man. Church, let us pray as we begin to look at God's word together. Lord, thank you for... All that we have here in front of us, thank you for the words of your son Jesus. Thank you for the authority that he walked with, that he taught with. Thank you, Lord, for the power that is on display here, God. Would you, would you open our eyes to this? Lord, would you help us to see what is in front of us? To understand, that, as we said this morning, who this God-man is and what, what he has done, both for this paralyzed man and for us. God, thank you for your son Jesus. Thank you for his life. Thank you for his teaching, God. And today, as we, would, as we would dive into this together, would you help us to become more like him? Would you shape us to be like your son? It's in your son's holy and precious name that we pray. Amen. 
So, as we read, church, this paralyzed man was brought to Jesus on a mat. And Jesus saw faith and he said to the man, take heart, your sins are forgiven. Take heart, your sins are forgiven. Now, this man had been brought to Jesus completely helpless. It tells us that he was paralyzed. No matter what translation uh, you, you read, no matter um, what passage you read this in, it tells us the same thing, that this man is paralyzed and he's brought to Jesus on a mat, on a bed. He is helpless. He cannot move himself he cannot care for himself. He's dependent on others for his survival. And, and his helpless, paralyzed state, once again, in that state, he needed others to rely on. Once again, in the state that he was in, he had to rely on other people to get to where he needed to be. And because of the mess that he was in, he simply could not come to Jesus himself. As he was, the state that his physical body was in, he could not come to Jesus himself. But then when he comes to Jesus, what Jesus does, what Jesus deals with first is his spiritual state. Jesus deals with his sins. So he sees a helpless man. He sees a man paralyzed who has to be carried to him. And what's his priority? Son, your sins are forgiven. Your sins are forgiven. And I wonder, as, as we read this account, how desperate are we to bring broken people to Jesus. And whether that be for physical healing, because we absolutely believe in physical healing, but whether that be for physical healing, or, or do we bring people who are in an entirely broken and sinful state to Jesus? Do we bring them to him? If we believe that Jesus has the power to heal, if we believe that Jesus has the power to transform and, and we believe that he has the power to forgive people, then we must get people to him. We must show people Christ. We cannot carry out the mission that we have been given on earth unless we are carrying broken people to Jesus. In other words, if you know Jesus, if you know what his mission is on earth, if you know what his mission is for you on earth, then you can't carry out his mission without carrying broken people. And, and sometimes we're, we're nervous with that. We, 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 we're scared to, to bring people and let's even talk about let's even talk talk about church as a starting point. There, sometimes we're we're nervous to bring people to church. What if it doesn't have the the impact that I want it to have? What if they come and, and they don't like it, and then that's it? Or 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 what if the what if the common and the the masses at night? It's 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 not it's not um it's not really specifically for them. It's like I, I, I would have to work so hard to, to get them here. 
and we think of we think of all these things and we have all these reasons and we end up being people's no don't be somebody's no for them don't be afraid because it's not your power that you're relying on it's the healing and transforming power of Jesus Christ it's he that does the work in people's lives it's he that heals and it's he that forgives of sin we must have faith that Jesus is able to do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine with anybody that we bring to him with with anybody that we bring to Jesus we're we're sort of we're, we're going off there but let's go back to the passage here where it tells us that they bring to Jesus a paralytic lying on a bed they bring to him a paralyzed man lying on a mat and in the other Gospels, it, it describes this story a little bit differently. It tells us how the man was brought to Jesus. And because of the, the crowds that had surrounded where he was, he was lowered down to Jesus through the roof. And in this passage, do you know that there, there's something miraculous taking place even beyond the words that we are reading, before the words that we are reading are written there's something incredible taking place here and this is this is where the word of God comes alive and where we read from Old Testament to New Testament how all of it is breathed by him and it knits together so this passage contains miracle upon miracle not only is the man healed physically not only are his sins forgiven but here is Jesus once again once again fulfilling what the Messiah's role, what the Christ's role was prophesied to be in the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, it talks of a coming Messiah. It talks of the anointed one, the chosen one. It talks of the coming Messiah and what he would do on earth. And then Jesus, he displays that. And we can read in Isaiah chapter 35, we read two verses, verses 5 and 6. It says this, listen to this. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened. We've, we've heard that. And the ears of the deaf, the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. Then the lame shall leap like a deer and the tongue of the dumb sing for water shall burst forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert here is another example of Jesus healing the sick he's healing the disease and so Jesus miracle here it was a testimony not only to the fact that he was sent by God but he was the one he was the one that they had been waiting for Here's the Messiah, the chosen one, the anointed one, Messiah. Here he is. Jesus Christ. Jesus the Messiah. Jesus the chosen one. Sent by God. And, and this, what we have read here, is it's absolutely miraculous. But again, what, what is more amazing, again, on top of this, is the fact that this is Jesus proving what was said about him. He was proving 
who they had said he would be, what they had said he would do. And, and the passage goes on, it tells us that, that Jesus saw their faith. Jesus saw the faith of those bringing the man to him. And from how we read the passage in this account, as well as, as well as the other Gospels, it would appear that Jesus saw the faith of his friends and not of the paralyzed man himself. That's, that's what it looks like. And it was evident that they had the faith to bring their paralyzed friend to Jesus. And their faith was active enough to carry. It was active enough to work together. It was active enough to take apart a roof. And it was active enough to lower a man down before Jesus. An active faith these people had in bringing this man to Jesus. They worked together in unity. They know what needs done. They know their mission. Their mission is to bring this broken man to Jesus. And so they do it together. And we also can assume from the paralyzed man himself that there was little faith there. Jesus notes the faith of the people who brought him and not necessarily him himself. I think that that if, if, if we read it as it is there and, and, and we assume that this, this paralyzed man doesn't, doesn't have a faith, I, I take encouragement from that. Again, like they're, they're bringing him to Jesus for healing. Jesus forgives his sins. But, but if, if the paralyzed man doesn't have faith, and yet Jesus is still able to do something in his life. Think about that. In the context of those that you consider. Those that you think about. Just see what Jesus can do. And Jesus wanted to encourage this man's faith. He wanted to encourage a faith. And, and so he tells him to take heart. That his sins are forgiven. Take heart, son. Your sins are forgiven. The faith of the paralyzed man's friends did something here. It brought them to bring him to Jesus. Yet they only thought of bringing him to Jesus for the healing of his body. That's, I would say that's a safe assumption too. Where we read the passage, they're bringing Jesus, they're bringing, sorry, they're, they're this, this man to Jesus for the healing of his body. They didn't anticipate what Jesus would do next. I don't think, I don't think any of them did, nobody did, because you, you might have seen people performing things like this before. They, they might have seen other, other, other things like this happening around, around the place at the time. But, but Jesus, Jesus does what none of them expect him to. He speaks like, like nobody expects him to speak. 
They, they bring their friend to Jesus thinking, thinking let's, let's get his paralysis healed. And they certainly didn't think that Jesus would say to him, son, your sins are forgiven. But Jesus addresses the man's greatest problem. As bad as it is to be paralyzed. And we, we do not downplay that. And the passage doesn't either. But as bad as it is to be paralyzed, it is infinitely worse to be bound in your sin. To be stuck in your sin. And, and Jesus offers this man forgiveness of sin. And the passage again, it, it doesn't tell us necessarily that, that this man was paralyzed as the, 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 the direct result of some kind of sin in his life that needed forgiven. It, it doesn't get at that. It didn't seem that Jesus was pointed in and saying that your sins are forgiven for that reason. He, he, he could have dealt with the man's sin first for a lot of different reasons and, and, and some of them we can look at because sin is the root from which all our evil comes. He could, have, he could have addressed sin first to show that forgiveness is more important than bodily healing. To be forgiven is more important than to be physically healed. And for those who are in Christ, that's coming anyway. We'll get there. He, he deals with the man's sin to show that the most important thing Jesus came to do was to deal with sin first and foremost the most important thing that he came to do was to deal with sin to show that when a man's sins are forgiven that he becomes a son of God he shows that the response to faith is the forgiveness of sin and what he does is he begins an important conversation with those around here, with the scribes and the Pharisees. He starts an important conversation with them because they accuse him of blaspheming. They, but they say it within themselves. Not again. It, it doesn't tell us that at this point they're, they're screaming that, but they're saying to themselves, this isn't right. This is blasphemy. And we notice that, again, as the passage puts it, that they object immediately, yet privately. So straight away, but to keep it to themselves, they say it within themselves, and, and Jesus will address what they said within themselves, and, and in doing that, he, again, miracle, miracle upon miracle, because they don't say it to him, they say it within themselves, and Jesus addresses what they say within themselves, showing that our thoughts and our opinions are open to God and of interest to him. He knows what we're saying, he knows what we're thinking, even if you think you're saying it to yourself we say things so often as if the Holy Spirit is not right there he knows he knows and they're saying they're not, they're not only saying 
something a bit untoward. They're not just saying something a wee bit out of turn. They're saying, this man's blaspheming. Who, who is he? The scribes understood something correctly. They understood that Jesus claimed to do something that only God can do. They've got that right. He is claiming to do something that only God can do. That's, that's spot on. But they were incorrect in assuming that Jesus was not God himself. And that Jesus blasphemed by considering himself God. And, and one of the, the commentators I was reading had a really interesting thought on this. Because in some of the, the versions of scripture that we read... When it talks, when um, they, they get to the point of saying that this man is blaspheming, they, it, there's, there's, certain, there's certain translations that will put that word man in italics. And they did not know what to call him, even in their hearts. They didn't know what to call him, even in their hearts, even to themselves. Again, so, so when we read this passage and they call him out for blaspheming, but, but they call him out within themselves. And you'll read some versions or some translations that, that don't, some older translations that don't even say man, but they say this. They're calling, they're calling Jesus this. This, this strange thing, this, this nobody, this upstart, this is, this is something that they, they weren't wrapping their heads around. They knew that Jesus was claiming to be God, but they missed the fact that he was God. And this is the first mention of opposition to Jesus. That'll be a recurring theme. And Jesus, again, he reads the evil in their hearts, the hearts of the scribes, and he presents with them a question. Jesus knows their thoughts, and he asks them why they think that. And he asks them why they think evil in their hearts. That's an interesting phrase. What's easier to say, your sins are forgiven, or get up and walk, arise and walk? Jesus knows their thoughts. And this this alone should have been enough for Jesus to prove he was who he said he was. It should have demonstrated to them that he could know what was in their hearts. There's one miracle already. And yet he would also offer a greater proof of his divinity. Both healing and forgiveness are impossible with man. Jesus does both. Yet only the promise of healing could be immediately proven. You see, Jesus, he could forgive this man's sin. Walk with sin no more. 
in and he could and, and the man's sin would be forgiven but you can't necessarily see that it doesn't look like a perspiration it doesn't it doesn't look like a like a cloud floating off it doesn't look like 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 the light's been switched on and i get a new complexion G- getting healed of sin it, it doesn't look like that so the promise of healing could be immediately proven and so they get to see the physical healing of this man not only are they told i know what's on your heart i know what's in your mind so not only are they told that and he says it by the way he tells them i know what's on your mind why are you saying this why are you saying these things not only does he tell them he knows what's on their mind what they're thinking in their hearts not only do they witness him saying and speaking with the authority of god sins are forgiven but they also see a man who was carried in walk out he was carried in but he walked out both healing and forgiveness again are impossible with man and jesus gives both he asserts his authority over sin over sickness he is god over all and jesus answers his own question before the religious leaders did he could make good on his claim the healless man and he gave proof of his claim also to have authority to forgive sins the man was healed proving that jesus has the power of god to both heal and forgive so he forgives the man of his sin they're saying you can't do that okay get up and walk and so when he walks jesus says i can heal physically i can heal spiritually i have the power to transform only jesus only god could do this a man is carried in and he walks out and his sins are forgiven at the man's healing it tells us that the crowd they they give god the glory for this miracle they give god the glory for this miracle they see this man walking while praise god let's believe in the power of jesus christ to transform those who look the most broken and know that he has the authority still to heal physically to forgive of sin and to transform lives just as he did with this man let's pray church lord thank you for your word thank you for what we have here god thank you for truth thank you for giving us your son and god we we pray that today as we would leave this place lord would would your word remain on our hearts would it change our hearts 
God, would it, would it help us in, in our conduct toward others, toward each other? God, would you help us to love? Would you help us to pray? And God, would you lead us to yourself? Send your son, Jesus, holy and precious name that we pray. Amen.